Welcome to the Three Thirds Mac One Third Scouts podcast, episode number twenty-one, uh, and I'm joined tonight by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both? Hello. Very well, very well. <laughs> Delighted we to be speaking to you two again. Well, it's not. It's normally weeks, but it's turning into what you've done in the last month. So it could. This could yeah. be like. <laughs> we'll, we'll call this the reunion podcast. Just pick the highlights. <laughs> yeah. No. No. No sport. Just life. <laughs> I think we were, we were allowed to meet in person last time we spoke. Yeah. Yes, we were. Tier we three hadn't quite, yeah. hadn't quite caught up with us, had it? What a delight that is. I mean, yeah. by, the ne- by the next time we speak, there could be another, there could be about another six tiers that we we don't know what <laughs> what journey we're on then. I mean, can I just say I've done a I've done a Julian Nagelsman tonight. I've got <laughs> I've got dressed up in quite an outlandish outfit, and I'm hopefully <laughs> going to produce quite an average performance. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that joke was worth the month's wait. I like that <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking ever since I saw that jacket last night, it popped into my head. <laughs> when you when you put it up last night, I was like. I mean, Pet wears some crazy stuff. I mean, Ross never really comments on that. And then when I saw it, I was like, "Wow, wow!" I was like, "That was that was out there." I said, "He's he's kept he's definitely yeah. kept that for the away for the away tight Old Trafford, doesn't he?" Well, he, he he apparently he said in one of his pre-match interviews that he he come up with a, he's got a special outfit ready for the game. I was like, "Oh, okay." And then whenever it got mentioned about it afterwards in the post-match, he he basically answered, "I'm not a model. I'm a football manager." <laughs> yeah. you're kind of blurring the lines there aren't you with yeah. your outfit mate <laughs> I, I mean that's a that's a young man that's been prepping for a night out for months and it's not gone very well <laughs> <laughs> well someone yeah, said no, he's all, he's all, someone said he's alright he can he can get over his disappointment at Dean's Gay Locks afterwards yeah <laughs> yeah team it up with some ankle grazing he'll be, he'll be absolutely fine no, I just couldn't believe it when he when he turned up. My my favourite thing. Did you hear the Jeff Shreves interview afterwards? No. Jeff Shreves said to him, uh, um, "It was a pity that the VAR lines aren't as sharp as the ones on your suit jacket." <laughs> 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 and his face just dropped. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. He won't be looking forward to it. He won't be looking forward to. It. I wonder if he just wears a black tracksuit for the uh, for the return uh, side in a month's time. Yeah. Speaking of that, I mean, speaking of, uh, well, obviously he was very confident pre-game, but did you see the Barcelona tweet from last night as well about um, about Messi being the greatest player to play in? Oh, yeah. Like that? I was like, hang on a minute. I was like, three weeks ago, I was like, Barcelona were a team in absolute dis- Even last week when they lost the Classico, Barcelona were a team in disgrace and somebody's got all of the social media and he's chucking out some serious... Uh, <laughs> why why wow. don't go say yeah. So how have we been anyway? How have you been, Cheezer? I've been good. So as 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 uh, hopefully um, the new phone will eradicate all technical problems that may or may not uh, happen during today. Um, but I mean, I've, I'm done, gonna, I'm, I've done another. I'm gonna si- miss, go on. I'm going to miss <laughs> the trying to guess what you, what questions you're asking. <laughs> We, well, I, I, mean, thought that, I thought that added quite a fun element to the we'll, podcast. Really. We'll, we'll save that for the New Year quiz. We'll just have a round. <laughs> I, just, I just tell you, like, eight out of ten words that I'm going to say in a question, you have to try and guess the answer. As <laughs> <laughs> the quiz goes on, we lose more and more words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The harder and harder it gets. All, all together, heads or tails, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll just keep giving you words and see you. The more you, the sooner you can answer, the more points you get. Um, another seasonal first. My first pumpkin carving this 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 week just gone. Never carved. You've a never pump- carved a pumpkin. Never carved a pumpkin before in my life. I don't even think I've ever lived in a house that's a pumpkin. We didn't have a. I'm sure we didn't have pumpkins last year in the in the house. We didn't have them the year before that. Have you Have you ever seen the film Room? Uh, no. No, it's where the it's where the the uh, mother and kid get locked up in a in a steel container and they get. Ross. Yeah, we, yeah, I thought it was my food. <laughs> I thought he was giving it too much when he, <laughs> he was joking about it. Your phone was holding on, it's holding on podcast back. Oh, <laughs> I thought oh, that's fantastic comedy time, and it's almost like he's just didn't have to carry on speaking. Oh, dear. Uh, the question is: Does has he realised, or is he still? Is he just doing a monologue oh. in, his, <laughs> sat in his living room? Uh, hello. 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 <laughs> I could hear you two perfectly. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to repeat what I was saying. It's not no, worth it now. I mean, I mean, apart from apart from apart from ninety percent of what you've just said that we didn't hear you hammering me for the fact that it's uh, my fault. <laughs> I could hear all that. I could hear you saying all that. <laughs> oh. oh, I love that. That was good. But i tell you what, we had... Um, so we moved about well, a few months ago now. And when we moved, we obviously had to move the internet across. And the post office just told us that we couldn't get fibre broadband in the new place. They were like, oh, it's a bit of a black spot. You just can't. You just have to have normal broadband. So we've had rubbish internet for the last two months. And we were like, oh, and we're just going to have to change because it's, it's not really good enough. Belinda called them today and like was on the phone to whoever the, the person was that answered today. And they, they were just like, oh, yeah, you can have fibre broadband. That guy was just lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> just couldn't be bothered doing any paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not today, no. Maybe tomorrow yeah. you might get it when someone else is here. But... <laughs> <laughs> Why oh, yeah, I can sort that. I can sort that right now. <laughs> why, why? I don't understand why you'd lie about a fibre black spot. That is, that's, I mean, that's one way to get your kicks at work, isn't it? Yeah. So we've been on, you know, not much faster than dial-up for the last couple of months, but... You haven't had to... Yeah. Um, you haven't had to make the... <laughs> noise every time you <laughs> went on Facebook, have you? I've got to hope, hope my mum didn't want to make a phone call every time. <laughs> And then you stop using Spotify and downloaded LimeWire. Try to listen to all your music through that. <laughs> the bad old days. Well, I'll tell you what I've done this week in, in the last two weeks. I, I've bought three new board games. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I, I was in Tesco the other day and I saw a weird board game and I nearly bought it for you. I can't remember wow. what it was. Okay. So I bought a board game called... One's called Gloomhaven. <laughs> one's called Stuffed Fables. And one's called Colt Express. Okay. We're going to play a quick game. Which one do you think was the most expensive? Uh, the middle one. Fe- the so Fables I'm one. Col- 
Colt, Colt Express, I'll go for. Oh, you're both wrong. So Gloomhaven was the most expensive. Okay. Do I have a guess at how much that cost me? Please, please don't tell me it was 50 quid again. I'm opening it. If this is three figures, Ross, <laughs> just tell me it's two figures. That's all I want to hear. I want you to guess, you two. What, what are you going with? What, all right. What? All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 77. I'm going to be really random. Pounds. Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to hope that I'm wrong and I'm going to say 100. It cost me £100 plus postage a package. Oh, <laughs> Ross. <laughs> I tell you what, I hope, that co- I hope that comes with a third person to play it, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's like one of these massive, it's like one of these like cars you buy for a million pounds that they keep it in a garage and when you want to drive it, people just bring it round for you. <laughs> Look, the box- so did the post office tell you you can't have, an- can't have the internet either? <laughs> <laughs> so the box on its own weighs 10 kilos. <laughs> oh my so how much is your postage well, so, how, so how much is posting and packaging <laughs> it, was like a, it was I think it was like three or four quid alright oh, that's what that's what the, the place charged me and how, so how much what <laughs> so I could, yeah I've currently got a hundred pound board game sitting next to it that I can't play because it's a cooperative adventure game and you need people <laughs> to play it with <laughs> <laughs> So you can't, like, you and Claire just can't play it? Well, no, we could, but Claire would ruin it because she wouldn't be into it. And no one so can we... come round your house until probably, no. what, spring next year? <laughs> yep. I mean, that's lucky because the, the, the instruction book is about 60 pages, so it'll give me a good chance to really get to know <laughs> to the rules. And, and send it out to everybody else that you want to play it as well? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, yeah, so that's you what you say it's like a thing? You mean it's like something you can play like in the outside world, or is it something that's just dedicated to playing it on the bo- on like a board game type thing? Oh, it's just on the board game. Oh, right. every, every everything you do on the board game then affects later missions. Like it's very it's very geeky. It's like imagine Dungeons and Dragons, but in a board game. It's, it's Dungeons and Dragons, not a board game. No, it's kind of like a dice. Kind of like make make your own story kind of thing up, isn't it? No, I also yeah. was a board game. What? No, not not quite. close. Well, but not quite. Well, so it's, it's going to be it's going to be a good Christmas in the Smith household, isn't it? So, oh yeah. So did you buy the other two because you realised you couldn't play the hundred pound one? No. So then, when I realised that Teddy was on uh, self isolate and he won't be able to leave the house for two weeks, I thought I need a way to keep a five year old entertained for two weeks. So I bought them to their kids' games. So the stuffed fable one's an adventure game, but it's for kids. Oh, right. I mean, you could have started him on the 60-page instruction manual. I'm sure he'd have finished it at the end of two weeks. <laughs> well, when it came, the, the £100 one, so he was like, can I play with you, Daddy? And I was like, no, mate, you can't play this one. <laughs> it's a bit too much for you. And yeah. How long... Does it sort of say how long a game will take? So, you, basically... There's like a hundred missions to complete, kind of roughly, and then each mission will take about one and a half, two hours. Oh, it's a good two hundred hours, of, a good, a good well, week's worth there. You work that out. That's fifty p a mission, isn't it? Fifty p an hour. Fifty. Yeah. Hour. Yeah. Works out. It's quite reasonable now. You think about, it, isn't it? <laughs> it depends if you're going to be playing every year. Well, that's the, that's the beauty. 
I mean, there's a board in there that's not even part of the game. It's just a map for you to stick stickers on. Gosh, you must have been delighted. <laughs> Honestly, I read the rules one day. It took me five hours to try and work it all out. <laughs> I just sat there all evening just reading a rule book for a game. What's it called? <laughs> Gloomhaven. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Check so, it out. So, so have you got bored of all the other board games that you bought? You know, at the start of like that. No, have I told you that basically I found a, I found a YouTube channel that basically reviews board games. Have you I told you this? Have you seen oh. Sam watch two hundred hours worth of Gloomhaven? Have you online yeah. first? Well, no. So I watched this YouTube channel that reviewed these games, and then I see them. I think, oh, that one looks good. But then the problem is because like they only get printed so often. So, so, so you might some of the games that they reviewed you can't get because the publisher's not printing them anymore. Oh, so I was like, I see. right. So some of them I've just got to buy just to have in case I want to play them. <laughs> so it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's an investment. An investment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that that's how. Yeah, I'm I'm currently just buying games to have games. So it, in about fifty years' time, when we're watching on or watching Antiques Roadshow and Gloomhaven comes up, I'll, I'll go. Well, it's more than hundred quid because that's how much it was. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly. this is your, was that a dice then? Was that a rogue dice? <laughs> no, it was a Lego Lego piece. <laughs> right, just be playing a game of snakes and to yourself while you while you're <laughs> I mean, this is your pension, really, isn't it? Oh yes. I mean, look, I've got. I, I mean, if locked, if we go into lockdown, you're not allowed to leave your house. Look, I've got hours of entertainment now. It's, what, it's a good job, good job we got that loft converted, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I've not even, we've not been on since then, have we? No. Man, so how's loft, that going? Well, it's fine. But, I, I mean, the amount of board... We went with a cheap guy. And the amount of... It doesn't even feel like a quarter of the loft, the amount of board he's put down. Well, so that same guy came down to us. And he... He just, he was like, oh, you'll, we'll do this much boarding, but the, the loft is a lot bigger than that. And he sort of, when I, I sort of responded slightly perplexed, I just assumed he was going to board the whole loft. And he very yeah. much made, made, me, made me sound like an idiot. He was like, as if I was <laughs> the most stupid thing to it. He's like, oh, no one, no one has the whole loft boarded. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, Claire was dealing with him and I just got home. So I, I didn't know what the start of the conversation was, but yeah. I, I I didn't realise that when you got a quote for boarding your loft out, they only they only give you a quote for what they could be bothered doing to be a bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear other people are perplexed by that. I mean, he's yeah, a whirlwind of a man. Well, that's why I think it was a lot cheaper than the other ones because all the other ones were quoting us for full boarding out of the loft. Yeah. Whereas he's just quoting out for well, we'll, we'll stick a few down there and that'll do. <laughs> Because that's yeah. what I saw. That I, I, when, I, when I've said I'd boarded my loft, I've only boarded like the middle bit. Like I didn't go when the roof started to slope down, I didn't start following the roof. Because my dad, when, <laughs> when my dad came around after I'd done it, he was like, well, You could have put some more boards out. I was like, Well, I don't need that much more space. I was like, It's fine as it is. I like, need to put some more up. I'll put some more up. But I was the same. I was like, I don't know anybody that had bored the, the whole. I don't even know why he bothered to do all that over there. I don't even see the point. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that, like, that the loft's boarded out. There's now a ladder. can get in and out of it. It's a lot... Like, the faff of putting stuff in the loft has gone and worrying where you put it. 
So I'm, in that regard, I'm pleased. But in some regards, like, uh, so they stuck the light up. I don't know why they've done this. So he's boarded like a third of the loft, maybe, right? And it's and then, so uh, as you go up the loft, it's to the left, the third to the left. And then he's put the light on the right-hand side at the highest point. Now, I can't reach the light standing <laughs> in the loft. <laughs> so if the bulb goes, I don't know how I'm supposed to change it until, <laughs> until <laughs> put a new bulb in the, lo- in the light. I'd have no idea how he's done it either. <laughs> so there's just little things like that that you think, hmm, not sure what your thinking was there, but okay. But at the same time, there's a light in there, so I could change it. I could move it, but... There's always a lot of See, strange decisions that were made, but it was cheap. We, we've also gone full circle. So I, so because we boarded our loft last year, we've had a year of filling it up. So this week we've emptied it. So we've got rid of, um, we've got rid of a mosaic like all the all the baby stuff, all the pram boxes that were up there, all the old bits of the pram that have gone. So we got rid. Of, we've got rid of thirty bags for charity this week that we've had to dish out to different charities because nobody's taking more than five bags at a time. So literally right. on Tuesday. I drove around the practically the entire of the Berry and Berry district, trying to drop off as many charity bags at as many different places as I possibly could do. Oh, that do was a fun is... way to spend your time. I, I mean, I, I don't know how um, how relatable content this is, but that's something, when we moved, we had a load of stuff that basically were, it's hard to give stuff away, isn't it, cheesy? Yeah, I mean, I mean, one, I mean, one woman, and she'll remain nameless. Uh, for the charity, but literally, we, I walked in. So I didn't do that thing where I, I rocked up with loads of bags and saying, "Can I give this?" I did the, the sensible thing: left the bags in the car, went in, spoke to the spoke to whoever's in there. Look, we've got quite a few bags. Uh, can we bring some in? Some people were very happy to do that. Yeah, not a problem. We can only take so many. And literally, one woman just went, "No, no books, no mirrors, no pictures." And I looked around and I went, "Okay," and I couldn't see a mirror. <laughs> A book or a picture anywhere on the on on like in the shop, and I was like, he just he just doesn't like pictures or mirrors or books or whatever. I couldn't see any of them anywhere. So anyway, I, I made sure I gave her a bag of books, and then because it was all in black bags, and then I was on my way. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, when you said it's hard to give things away, I was going to make a political joke, but I decided against it. <laughs> 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 Should we get onto the sport? We shall get onto the sport. Oh, before, well, so this is, so episode 21, there's been an update to the platform that we do our podcasts on. And our original idea of bit of music, bit of football, bit of general life can now come to fruition, as I believe, and today will be the first pilot, that we can put full songs on the podcast. So we will have a couple of songs that probably at the end of the podcast or in the breaks, um, and we will try that and see how that goes rather than it being either a 30-second uh, snippet or... Well, um, ne- next week then, or next time we record, we should bring our own song for the week. We should. So, so I mean, so, I, again, that's slightly more production than we used to for, before, the, uh, before the start of the podcast, but I'm sure that we'll, we'll be able to find one somewhere. But it's great that the, 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 so the technology is catching up with our vision now. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> They've, they've obviously listened to exactly what... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even yes, have to write. They, they must just listen to our podcast because we don't even we don't even communicate that with exactly. them, have we? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean what, we're influencing what they talk about on the telly. I mean, 
I'm, I'm sure that when they were talking about those eight people that were talking about this manifesto for the beautiful game, I'm sure that we were three, we were three of those people. They just didn't, they just didn't involve us in any questions. We were just answering their questions before they'd even asked them. Unless yeah. we were listening in all the shapes for all those months ago when we accidentally <laughs> recorded it first. They knew that we were on summit. Right, we'll have a break uh, and then we will come back. And I think we've probably got enough content on Manchester United to probably last us the next four hours. So we will uh, we'll talk about Manchester United and we'll see where that will get us. So we'll, we'll have a break uh, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Manchester United. Welcome back to the Three Thirds Mike, One Third Scouts podcast where we are going to discuss the football last night, as Ross has already alluded to. Uh, Manchester United's 5-0 win at home in the Champions League um, against Red Bull Leipzig. Uh, I'm assuming you're both extremely happy at, uh, well, uh, at, the, at the Champions League form so far this year. Oh, well, so I, I, I don't have BT at the moment and I'm seriously considering buying it given that Manchester United are going to win the Champions League this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I have BT and I am, um, I mean, yeah, I, I can't believe I can't believe how good we've been in the Champions League. I mean, we've looked defensively solid. Uh, midfields look good and then ruthless on the attack. I mean, it's, it's, it seems like quite a potent combination for to be to go quite far in the Champions League to me. Um, but yeah, I couldn't predict. I didn't think seeing the fixture list and seeing that we'd start with uh, PSG away and then uh, RB Leipzig at home that we would have six points out of six. I was hoping oh, maybe we'd have we'd have four at the most and then two at the bare minimum. Um, I mean, Le- Leipzig was semi finalist last year, weren't they? Yeah, PSG were finalists. Final. Yeah, but and Le- Leipzig are top of the Bundesliga at the minute as well. So I, I mean, I, I, I in my wildest dreams, I didn't expect that. Um, but yeah, five nil. Wow. I assume your wildest dreams mainly involve you just playing a completing a board game. <laughs> yeah. While whilst the football's on in the background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no, I, I, I can't believe. I mean, considering when we were last on, and it was just after the Tottenham game, uh, where we were absolutely battered, the turnaround in in United is is incredible, really. Harry Maguire, we were all ready to sell Harry Maguire and um, flogging for spare parts. Someone could have his forehead. Someone could have his <laughs> right foot. Um, and now, I don't know what what's happened. But he's looked back to back to his best. He looks looks commanding again, dominant. Looks know exactly what he's doing. Um, unbelievable, really. What do you think, Simon? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very exciting. I mean, I think it, it does fall into the sort of narrative, I think, of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's sort of time in charge of Manchester United. In which we've, we have, under Solskjaer, always done quite well in big games. And he has uh, he has always been able to sort of pull out a result in a big game and sort of set up for those big matches. Although I was reading something today, and he, you know, he quite rightly pointed, you know, I think Ole Gunnar Solskjaer doesn't get much credit for being like a tactical... No one thinks of him as being a tactical genius. But well, you know, we played, we out. He managed to outthink Thomas Tuchel, the PSG manager, last week. Nagelsmann, as well as his, his dress sense, is thought of as being like the most exciting young manager in Europe. This great tactician guy for the future, and you know, you know, you know, Ollie throws in a curveball and plays a diamond, and and United win five nil. 
yeah, and it was I, good I, to see some rotation as well. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, I was, I was get, thinking, oh well, maybe we're getting a bit um, stuck in this four-two-three-one system. Then, like you say, against PSG, he played three at the back, didn't he? Which he's played before, and he likes to use in some games. And then mixed it up with a four-four-two diamond this time round with with wide um, split strikers. Yeah, so he does. He does like some. He does. He has mixed it up, and I think one of the pleasing things is he seems to be not just playing a system and then chucking the people in where they might fit. He's actually adapting. Right, okay, well, we'll play that. We'll play this system because it gets the best out of these players, as opposed to well, they just need to adapt to the system. Which I think. So, like, I went, as soon as the game started last night. Um, when I said it's four four two diamond, is it to get the best out of Pogba? And it was one of Pogba's best games for United in a very long time because he used to play left of a diamond at Juventus, didn't he? Where everyone was raving about him, and then all of a sudden he does that and has has this around him, and he looked very very good. And all of a sudden, instead of wanting to sell Pogba, you think, you know, well maybe maybe we can keep Pogba again. But yeah, no, it's Solskjaer. I think yeah, as much I like I say, the games pre the international break for the Tottenham game. I don't think Solskjaer did that much wrong in the team he sent out, like setting the team up and tactically. There was just so many errors and so many poor performances that he just that are out of his control. But then he's shown when it what the things he has changed and if the players actually perform to the standard that they should do, then he can he can be tactically astute and get the best out of everyone and dig out some good performances, can't he? Yeah, and the thing is it sort of the United team just feels like they've got a bit of strength in depth and a bit of a you know, the bench looks quite good. All of a sudden, you know, last year, you know, in, in matches when United needs to change something, you know, last season, it felt like our first team, particularly in that, those 10 games at the end of the season, I think we basically, we start, we played the same starting 11, I think, for like the last 10, basically. And they, that looks quite a strong starting 11, but then the bench was really weak. And uh, over the 10 games in such a short period of time, though the start that starting 11 clearly got sort of tired and, and performance dropped off. All of a sudden, you know, you look at the bench at the weekend. There was a load of game changers there. And, you know, Van der Beek, this forty million pound signing, hasn't really been able to get into the team much. Uh, Twanzebe came back and was brilliant against uh, PSG. Cavani, I thought, looked good when he came off the bench at the weekend. You know, it, it suddenly feels like we've got options. Yeah, I mean, it was a, especially last night when um, Fernandez didn't start. And there's no Rashford uh, playing, so it was. Matic, Fred Pogba, Van der Beek in that diamond, and then it was Martial and who else played up front? Green, Greenwood. Greenwood, Greenwood, Greenwood his yeah. First... Greenwood, yeah. And then you're thinking, oh gosh, no Rashford, who's been a bit of a talisman. Bruno Fernandes, especially, been a massive talisman. You then think, oh, how's this going to go? Um, and then I didn't still realise that in the Champions League, you make five subs, unlike the Premier League. But then to, we, we brought on. McTominay, who we've been saying has getting, been getting better and better. Rashford came on, Fernandez comes on, two and Zay became, like you say, all of a sudden, instead of going, oh, Andres Pereira's coming on, oh, Jesse Lingard's coming on, it's, oh, Rashford's coming on, he's going to do something, Fernandez is coming on. And Rashford came on and scored an hat trick, and all of a sudden, yeah, you, you're looking at it going, oh, I'm excited for, we get to 70 minutes, see where we are, and then the subs might actually come on and make a difference instead of, well, if hopefully we're winning the game by 80 minutes because there's no way the subs are coming on and changing this. Yeah, it, it was make... good to see Rashford scoring as well. Because I think Rashford's sort of play when when he starts scoring, he goes on a hot run of form, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean he missed the 
I mean, he's, he's to be honest, his shooting has been quite good because even at Chelsea at the weekend, he had a couple of chances, but they're all on target. It wasn't like he was hitting them high, wide, and handsome. He, he was sticking on target, and making the keeper work. But yeah, he's, his finishing looked well. It was ruthless last night. What, what did he have? Three chances, three goals. It's it's pretty clinical. So just and at the just... back, we must, we, we must have what at least four fit centre halves at the moment. Could you, could you imagine that cheesy? <laughs> no, I can't. No, I mean I can imagine what I can imagine having one fit centre half and hoping that Dini Maradona isn't playing centre back because that's who the last player to play there was when we didn't have any centre. When we didn't have any fit centre backs. <laughs> I told you, Phil Jones is. <laughs> I, I, I've been mentioned Phil Jones actually before we move on. He's turned down uh, a testimonial because he says no one will bother. To, why would anyone want to come to Phil Jones's testimonial? Which I think is quite sad, really, isn't it? It is sad. He's, his career, it's, the way his career's kind of petered out, is quite sad, isn't it? I, I mean, yeah, he's been bad, but he, he, I don't know. He, he hasn't been bad all the time. At some point, and it's not like. I mean, to be fair to him. It's not like he's... I don't think anyone has ever accused him of, like, not trying his best, has he? I mean, he's just been ravaged by injuries. He's and, pulled some and silly he's faces. Of, yeah. Which has and never he's just sort him. of... His, body, his body's let him down at every turn. And, yeah. you know, I think when, when United signed him, there was a lot of hope. I think Ferguson said... Was very glowing in his praise for him when we signed him from Blackburn back in the day. Was he... Um, has he been there 10 years? Yeah, 10 years. He's been there ages, yeah. And he, but he's, oh, he turned wow. it down. He said the only person who come to a testimonial would be my mum. Which I just thought was quite sad. That uh, you know, yeah, just think, God, what situation is he actually in now at United, where he's not playing? He feels very underappreciated by the fans, and then by the looks of it, there's no one really in world football that wants to take him off United's hands either. What I would say to counter that is when when we when we say no one's prepared to take him off his our hands, really no one's prepared to pay him a hundred grand a week. I mean Liverpool at the minute is you're all right. <laughs> but presumably if he was prepared to take a massive pay cut, he would be able to find he'd be able to go to Burnley or Newcastle or wherever. Yeah. Possibly, but I mean, at the same time, you never really hear any speculation linking him to anywhere, do you? No, I mean, he, he doesn't seem to be anyone's first choice. If you would have thought that Ancelotti wouldn't have been at Everton, you would have thought it would have been a classic. He will, he will just end up at Everton at some point, or mm. potentially go to potentially go to. I mean, West Ham, we're gonna we're gonna spend all that money on Tarkovsky, needed a centre back, and he did. He wasn't even in the he wasn't even in the conversation, was he? Because I, mean, no, I mean, he probably wouldn't have even needed to spend. Well, he would not. He would not have been thirty million pounds anyway. But um, West Ham needed a centre back, and he wasn't even even a lot even a loan option towards the end of it. It wasn't like United were lo- like trying to get him off the books and, and loan him out anywhere. So I mean, what you probably he probably end up going abroad, isn't he? Similar to Small, and he, he have however long out of the team, and then when he gets to January, he'll be. Yeah. Um, He'll probably end up in, in Spain or in Italy somewhere. And Yeah. Anyway, let's move on from Phil Jones because <laughs> it's not worth it's that much time. Yeah. So, well, so, Tom Davey has been so, one of the big success stories. 
So, so my point, so my, some, some of the points that we were talking about last night, the two, I mean, the two results in, in Europe have been fantastic, but then it's like squeezed in between that was what seemed to be a pretty dull nil-nil draw at home um, against Chelsea, which was, again, United's third game this season that they've not won at home. I it was boring, Matt. I think we've been spoiled with so many pulsating games this season. So something's yeah. different. Something something's happening in the league that isn't happening in Europe, or something's happening in Europe that's not happening in the league. Yeah, but then I, look, I mean, we've only had so we before obviously we got beat off Palace, then we got beat off Tottenham at home, and I think you have to. I think before this international break, you kind of have to write that off now because obviously the performances since then have been much improved. And all the squads are um, a little bit fitter. Solskjaer's had a bit of time to work with the players a bit more. And blah, blah, blah. So I think, I think the, the weeks behind that United were, I think, was evident in that time. And I think that's, that's proven out in the fact that uh, Pep's also had his worst start to a league um, in his career with City as well. So City aren't exactly flat. It's not like City came back a week later and they, they absolutely bossed their fiction and started flying they've struggled just as much as United, whereas United's been a bit yeah. more high-profile. because I, got... I think with City, it's a little bit different. I mean, I know Maguire's had his injury problems, but they've been without De Bruyne, Aguero's injured again. They've no, they didn't, have, didn't even have a striker for about for three weeks. Laporte's been injured again. Ruben Diaz yeah, but... settled in. So I think, I think for once, United have had all their players, and I, don't, and I think City have, and, and City haven't had all their players. I don't, I'm not saying that's an excuse, because City have still got a very good team, and City have been, haven't exactly been on top are completely on the boil, especially the game against West Ham that I watched the other week. But yeah, I don't but know whether. But I think I think City have got a good enough squad to cope without a few in. Like Ruben Diaz, they they, they played with uh, without the port last season. They're still beating teams. They they didn't have Aguero and for long periods last season. So it's not like they've they've not had these issues before. Managed to win. They have they have been through the same similar situations and came out looking better than they did at the start of the season. And I also think if you look at the um, the Chelsea game, which obviously finished nil-nil, Chelsea were shipping in goals for fun. Like they, were, they, def- they weren't very defensively sound before that game. And there was a bit of an emphasis from Frank Lampard that we need to shore it up and we need to start doing things. So I think it was two teams knowing that they've not had particularly great starts and it is against a, potentially a rival that they're going to be competing um, top four for. So it's a bit cagey and a bit kind of start of the season. No one really wants to give anything away because they don't want to get even further behind. So I think United looked the more threatening in terms like they were going to win it because I don't think Chelsea offered much, to be honest. And I just think Chelsea wanted to get wanted to come away with a clean sheet and hope to nick a, nick a goal, basically. And it just ended up fizzling out into that type of game. If United had won a couple of games and Chelsea had won a couple of games and had four, four points extra... Than they do, than they did do going into that game. No one would be really saying anything about the nil-nil, because I think you would have expected it to turn out that way, to be honest. But I think because of what's happened previously, everyone's going, "Oh, it's accumulate." Oh, United haven't won at home, which I don't think. To me, the, the more positive thing was the United put in a decent performance, kept a clean sheet against a side that have got well, have spent an absolute fortune on attacking talent, and have been scoring goals quite regularly, and looked the more threatening side as the game went on. So I would say as a performance-wise, that was more pleasing. Whereas before the international break, you're watching the performances and going, we are appalling. We are shocking here. We don't look like we have a clue. 
Whereas since then, we actually look like we're improving. So I think it's a bit unfair to use the Chelsea game. I know it gets added to the three games, not one at home. But I think to use that as part of a, well, the things are going wrong at United, I think it's a bit unfair. Well, I think I think on the point you mentioned about the late start, I think the only thing that I would probably say about the late start is that you were supposed to play Burnley the first game of the season. If you would have, if Ed the, the season would have started a week later and everybody would have played on the same weekend, then you would ultimately play Burnley. Burnley have had a pretty mediocre start to the season. I think they've still only got one point. So you would have probably ended up playing one of the worst sides in the league and probably would have won and it might have completely changed the outlook of the rest of the season. But at the same time, I think when I think when Villa had I think when Villa had beat us seven two, I think you made the point of, oh, we're only we're only if, oh, if we win our next game, we'll be a point behind Liverpool, which was which was all well and good. But at that point, we'd played we'd already played Arsenal, we'd already played Chelsea, we'd already played Leeds, and we'd already played we'd already played Everton in the derby. Oh no, we were just about to play Everton in the derby. I was like, well, you, you'd sit, uh, United have only played Tottenham, and in United's next five games, you've got Arsenal, Everton, City, Southampton, and West Ham. Right. So West Ham have just taken points off. West Ham have just taken points off City. Arsenal either win or lose. So for once, Arsenal aren't drawing any games. They're either winning games or losing games. You've got to play Everton. Who's, who, by the time you play Everton, I think we'll probably have everybody back. And then you've got to play City, and you've had a really good run against City. But it's all—it's the next five games are going well, to go a very long way to deciding United season. I think if you end up with the same results, type of results that you've had in the previous five games, where you've had some decent victories, but you've also had some not good games. You can't only have fourteen points after ten games. Yeah, but this is where you—I don't think, like you, but you're using the runner form pre-pre-international break. If you look at the form, runner form. Post international break, we've got two wins and a draw. But then, but but then in a week's we've, time, we've, we've, shipped, another, we've, we've 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 scored seven and conceded one. But then we have another. We've, but so then, so then there's a break. Then in another week for another international break. So how do you know yeah, it's but, going to be the same after that? I'm well. I, I don't. But who, how do you, how does anyone know that? Well, you don't, do you? But that's but that's the whole. That's what we're discussing. That's the whole point. Because yeah, otherwise, but I'm, but I'm saying that I'm saying that the, the as the season's getting on, we're having more and more time. The squad's having more and more time together, and they're getting fitter. So the only in my head, they're only either going to keep the same level of performance or get better as the season goes on. I don't think but, they're going to have an international break and suddenly forget how to play again. But but you just said, and Simon, to the point that you made about the starting eleven. So the, in the games after lockdown, I think other than City, I think United played nine games, didn't lose a game. Won six, drew three, only conceded six goals. You played the same team pretty much the whole way through, up until the end of up until the middle of October. You didn't, you hadn't signed anybody, with the exception of Van der Van der Beek, who'd not even who'd not even really started. So you ultimately had the same team. I mean, with the exception of the Maguire incident that had happened, those same players were still the same players that were there before. So you you played so well after lockdown. So and uh, all right, fatigue in Europe and all that kind of stuff. I, I get that, but they were still the same team. You still had a month break between the finishing playing in Europe and then coming back to the start of the season. So that's yeah, a bit but, of the I mean, inconsistency bit. Where... I mean, Ollie misjudged the preseason. He, he must have given him too long. Sort of. I don't know if he gave him too long a break. Maybe we'll see the benefit of it as the season goes on, and maybe it'll turn out that Ollie was a genius, and all every other team will kind of break down a bit. I, mean, I, I assume most of the other teams must have just played through or something. I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what United didn't do that the other teams did. 
But those first few games, United looked way off the pace. But that, you know, having sort of worked through their pre-season in those first three or four Premier League games, we now seem to be up to speed. And I think that, you know, moving forward is is almost a good thing because they will have had that extra extra rest in the legs. And I think, you know, we will be able to rotate a bit more than, than other sides uh, around us. I mean, Liverpool presumably will now have to just play the same eleven for, for the foreseeable, won't they? Um, there's not there's a there's a little bit of rotation. I don't know who's going to play against. I don't know who's going to play against West Ham. I would assume that he's just going to play Reese Williams there at centre back. Um, and then yeah, I think pretty much the same team is going to play. There's already been a, a little bit of rotation in midfield because of injuries and whatnot. Um, but Tell Thiago, you know, Jot has fitted in well, hasn't he? Yeah, he started off. He started off really well. I think it's. Um, I think it's been it's been a bit strange because he's almost instead of playing in, instead of one of the front three, he's playing almost as well as the front three. Um, and the game against Sheffield United first half, we were awful. I mean, it was. I mean, even even on Tuesday when we played in Europe, we were, we were awful. And I'm like, this is not, this is not the best football. But ultimately, we're still, we were still winning. We were still winning games. All right, on Tuesday by a quite a big slice of luck towards the end of the game. But that's the bit around last season where we were probably. We were we just ended up getting on that run at the beginning of the year. We didn't play particularly well, especially at, at Villa Park when we won like we won in the last minute. It was these games that we ground out the wins for, um, and we played particularly well when we beat City, and then that was that kind of kickstarted everything, and we were kind of off and running then. So I don't know. We seem to we seem to still have somebody seems to pop up at some point during the game, with the exception of the game at Villa, to to either score a goal or um, to to do something that gets us some points. So. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. West Ham's always a tricky one. I think the, the big thing about whether Antonio starts or, or not, because he came off at City at the weekend and was just... I mean, West Ham were amazing in the first half against City, mainly because of him. Um, and he'll be licking his lips at the fact that we, we've only got one fit centre-back or we're playing. We're going to be potentially playing somebody at centre-back. He was playing for Kidderminster Harriers last year. <laughs> so... Um, We'll we'll wait we'll wait and see what happens for that. But yeah, the, I mean, it's pretty much going to rotate itself. Like he's he's completely he's changed formation completely to 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 give everybody a rest. Um, this whole thing of rather than swapping Mane and Firmino and Salah out for one game, he just takes all three of them off. So I think in Ajax, they, uh, in Ajax they came off after sixty minutes, and then um, when we played the other night, they all um, they all came on at, at very at very different points of the game. Um, and that's, that's pretty much how he's working it. I think Bynaldum and Henderson got 45 minutes each. Um, so, yeah, so injuries have not helped. Like, Kaita's no, not fit. He's got a muscle injury after he, he tested positive. Uh, Thiago doesn't like he's going to be fit. Um, Fabinho looks like he'll be back after the international break. But we've got... Um, we're away at Atalanta next week. We're at home uh, at West Ham, and then we play um, City on the 9th before the international break. It's the game again. Just so, quick question. Obviously, yeah. last time we spoke, I don't. I had had Liverpool got beat when we last did the podcast before. No, I think we just. I think that that crazy week, that crazy round of games. I don't think we we must have done. We must have talked about. Yeah. No, no. Did I think about, I think last week. I think last podcast we was the week it was before that that weekend where um City where Liverpool lost against Villa and United lost against Spurs. So I the, my 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 quick point would be obviously United got beat six one. And I would say, looking at it tactically, I don't think tactically there was things wrong, but there was lots of individual areas and lots of just players not doing what you would expect them to do. 
Whereas if you look at that Liverpool game against Villa, one of the big things that caused you the most amount of problems was this high line that you keep playing. Are you not more concerned about that, that you seem to have employed a tactic that is actively working against you at the minute? Um, no, not particularly, no. I just think it highlighted the fact that what could what could go wrong and they'll look at that and, and potentially won't be... I think when they looked at it earlier on in the season, it was like 10... They worked it out, Liverpool were playing like 10 yards further forward. And I don't think, obviously, we are now. And the reason we were able to do that is because their confidence in Van Dijk and Gomez being able to get back and... But obviously, got completely exposed against Aston Villa... And now Van Dijk's injured. That that probably won't happen. I don't. I didn't watch the game against Everton, but I don't. I don't think we played that much of a higher line. But there also has to be that bit that the defense has to play quite far further forward because that then yeah. shot that then narrows the pitch up. But yeah, teams will eventually know how to. Teams will eventually beat the press, and to beat the press is clearly just a long ball straight through the middle. And even I think even in the third minute of the game on on. Uh, on Tuesday night, there was a ball straight through the middle, and and one of the um, the guys from Mitch- from Michelin was was in. Like he could have, he could have. He, I think Allison made a save after about three minutes. So it's not that. I think Klopp's come out and said that they know that that will ultimately end up having chances against us, and it's a very much a high risk, high reward situation. And if teams can get round us that way, then teams can get round us that way. Wasn't that how Rashford scored? last season when we drew yeah, at Old Trafford. What I'm saying is that, yeah, it's high risk, high reward, but you don't seem to be getting a lot of reward from it at the minute. Like you don't, To me, you're not, you're not blowing teams away because in the past, like two seasons ago, you, you, Liverpool were known for winning it within, within the opposition's final third, breaking it up dead quickly and then, and then scoring from there. And you were, sco- you were scoring goal after goal from doing that. Whereas I don't think that's happening as much. And I think you, you're forcing this high line to happen in the hope that that's going to come back. Well, it's you're not really win- the the press doesn't seem to be as productive as it once was, and then you're just leaving yourselves completely open. At it. I mean, to me, it's, no, it, it seems counterproductive from Klopp to do that. But there was a, the whole point around a few seasons ago where if you think about teams just constantly played out from the back all the time, that doesn't seem to happen anymore. Like there's, there's a couple of teams will play out from the back, but there's very much a case of don't lose it. It's almost like everybody's decided that. That's not a philosophy that's going to work straight away, and we'll hoop it. I mean, when we play, when we play Arsenal, even they, um, they didn't play particular. That was probably our best game, and our best game where we hunted the ball down. And that's the team that play with it from the from the back more often than not. So I wouldn't say that it was absolutely something that we've just completely abandoned. But also at the same time, it's he's trying to work out different ways that we can get um, that we can get the team playing. So. I don't. I don't know. I, I think it, it will have ultimately altered. But Van Dijk will alter any defensive shape that we end up with, and it might be that we have to go back to playing a, a slightly less of a um, a high line. But we can't just suddenly bring the defence right the way back because then you just leave the midfield isolated because of the front three are so far forward trying to press them with the ball back. So you end up with you could end up with almost the three mid, Liverpool's midfield having to play against six players. Because yeah, I mean, I mean, to, yeah, to me it. I mean, we said at the start of the season, I, I was convinced Liverpool were going to run away with it again. But how, how the season started, I, I think it's going to be a lot closer than we all imagined, to be honest. Well, I think it's very much... City I think can it only will improve. Liverpool, Liverpool had a great start. Um, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. Against, that, against Arsenal, we, that, was the best, that was the best 90 minutes of football I'd pretty much seen anybody play. Yeah, but that's one, we were, one we, game yeah, of football. That's what, that's what I mean. We've still, it's not like we started this season, we've not played well at all. 
Like even in this, even in the all right, the second half against Chelsea, we were down, to, we were down to ten men. But even in the first half against Chelsea, we weren't, we weren't horrific. But then we and played you, against. You've just been telling me for ten minutes. I, I've got to include the pre-international form as part of United. You can't just take single games in isolation. <laughs> I think, I think, I think there's a bit of difference in there when you when you're 18 points clear and you've pretty much already won the league. To United, absolutely scratching around trying to get fourth place and needing to win every <laughs> single game. It wasn't like we needed to win every game to win the no, league. I, no, 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 no. I'm talking about this season, not just not. I'm not including last season. I'm just talking about this season. You, you were saying I had to use the Tottenham game, the Palace game, the Brighton game as how United are playing in form. I'm saying you write them off because that's not how United were. So I'm saying you can't just use one game and say, well, we're brilliant then. So that's going to be how we are. But I didn't say that. But I'm, what I'm saying to you is that we haven't we haven't not been brilliant for the whole season. It has worked at quite a different at different times of the season when the majority of the team has been fit, but the team ultimately now the team isn't fit and we've got, we're going to have to play with injuries and positive coronavirus tests and whatever else that we've got to, we, we've got to come up with this year. So it definitely isn't, obviously isn't the start, the same start as what we had last year. So we just going to have to work our way around it and, and grind some more results out and see where it, see where it gets us. Like I said, if we, we, there's a very good chance that we don't win the next two games in the league and we're going to end up being, well, if worst comes to the worst, we get we get no points. So we'll have what thirteen. We'll have from seven from eight games. We'll have thirteen points. But the upshot of that is is that we haven't played particularly well. We've probably only played one game really well. Chelsea were down to ten men for the second half of the game against Chelsea. But yet Everton have made this amazing start. But we're on the same points as Everton. So we we're still joint top of the league. Spurs have started off really well and still not on the same points that we are with the game that you play. In advance, it, it like behind you'd still be three points behind us. City would still be two points behind us. So as much as it's all gone a bit pear shaped at the beginning, with the exception of probably 135 minutes that we've played against Arsenal and Chelsea, actually we're just still joint top of the league. So if we can only get better, then we're already at, at top of the league anyways. The other thing, yeah. is, the only thing that I think we're going to struggle with this year is the is the defence. That's the only thing I think we're going to struggle with. Well, that's quite a big. Well, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to, it's, it'll be massive. But like, like City had that problem last year, we're going to have this problem this year. So we have to deal with it, and that's and that's it. It's not going to be like you said. There's nobody that you can bring in in January that's going to replace Van Dijk anyway. So why bother? So why bother trying? We we might end up bringing some sort of reinforcements in anyway, but then that might have to wait until the summer. And by all accounts, that what everybody was like, or oh, the guy from Leipzig, you need to bring him in. We didn't do himself any favors on. Last night, did he? Upper up, up, up command, no, or whatever he's called. So it's like, it's like everybody's like, oh, he's the, he, he's, the, he's the solution, he's the answer. Well, not according to last night, he wasn't. And I know that's only one game, but... Yeah, I mean, we'll wait. We'll see how, we'll see, obviously see how the next few games pans out. I just think it's, I just think it's a lot more... What I, My concern at the start of the season was that you're just going to romp away and it's going to be quite a boring league again. But after the last few games now I think oh it could actually be I have a lot more confidence in say United now going to Liverpool and winning than I did three four weeks ago so I feel confident that we can actually pick up points to actually comfortably get top four I know there's a lot of teams vying for it but I think I think I'm confident now that we can actually do it and I think that Liverpool I think especially the Van Dijk injury that's that's massive and how that how that plays out is huge but but that's going to be it. The games around the games against 
the rest of the teams that are chasing for the top four this year feel like they'll be much more important than probably they were the year before. And that's why I'm saying for the next three games that you've got, with Ars- out of the next five games, you've got Arsenal, Everton and City. Oh, great, you win, you win those three games and you get nine points. It's brilliant. But actually, if you draw each one of those games, which potentially you could do, then you're going to drop another six points. There's another six points. All right. That just means that obviously City, Everton and Arsenal have not got the victories and are not romping away as well. But that ultimately affects everything that's going on else around you, and especially for teams like Spurs. Spurs continue to carry on winning. I mean, they seem to be scoring goals and not shipping goals at the minute. So how long that's going to last, I've absolutely no idea. All it, I would imagine all it's going to take is a cane injury for it all to come toppling down at, at Spurs. But Spurs are now on the pitch. I mean, Bale's, I mean, Bale's been on the pitch I mean, against West Ham and stuff, but he's not even, he's not even really got a go in yet. So what impact he's going to ultimately have, no idea. But you're right, it just make it, it, it makes it a much better league than it did do last year. I mean, I'm not, last year was amazing. Like, we, we could do no wrong last year. But this year is obviously going to be different and feels like it's not going to be a 99, 98, 97 point season. You could quite easily win the league with late 80s. Oh, maybe. yeah, it just, it just, yeah, it just be interesting. I just think it's a lot more competitive. It just makes it a bit more... Like there's a part, obviously, when Watford beat you last season, and you didn't go unbeaten, that was great. But there was times last where you just you might if you're putting an accumulator on, you just put Liverpool to win, and that would, you might as well not even put it on. But that's that, all... that, but that's no different than you think about when United were in the pomp and United were playing that football, and you you'd never ever bet against United to lose. And the same at Chelsea. I mean, I still can't believe they still talk about this. We, I mean, we haven't lost sixty three games or some of these at home now, and we're still twenty odd games behind Chelsea. Chelsea went 86 games over five oh, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in my head. You just you just forget about that. But you were like, they didn't lose for 86 games at home. And you think about that Chelsea side, how good they were. Like, I think they wanted to see 15 goals at home, 15 goals in, in the entire season. United conceded, conceded something similar. You think those teams were just absolutely amazing, but it never it didn't last forever. There will always be something. And whether it is a Van Dijk injury or whatever, and whatever it is that, that kind of happened, you, we've lost a goalkeeper for however long as well, then it's, it's, it's one of those things. But you're right, it just make it, it, just make it a bit more interesting. Simon? Yeah, yeah? Um, a quick question. I mean, yeah. you're probably the best place to put, uh, answer this question. How is um, Thiago Alcantara playing at the minute compared to Danny <laughs> Van Der Beek? <laughs> He's had less minutes than Van Der Beek, I think. Oh, I'm Van der not, really not, to get this. I mean, not by much, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> not by much. <laughs> but yeah, Van der at least has had positive passes, whereas Van, uh, Thiago's still on positive tests. Yeah. Well, I mean, didn't Thiago play the ball to John Henderson, who was offside, when you scored the false winner against Everton. Yeah, I mean, that, that little... I mean, if, I, if, if he actually looks where he's passing, he might have saw that Henderson was offside and wouldn't have played the pass, maybe picked a better one. I mean, I'm, that's just I, me, I, maybe I, no, being to be a, fair, a little bit Ross, too critical. I, Ross, I, I think you are being too critical because I think, to be fair to him, he's a limited footballer and he's trying to do his best. <laughs> you think it's he not, just shanked it's not that fair, pass? It's not fair to sort of compare him to the great players. No, true. True. I mean, he probably was trying to kick it the way he was looking, but he, he just kind of put a Tom, Tom, a Tom Cleverley level of footballer into that kind of situation, they'll make a mistake. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, maybe that's what we need. I mean, I mean, I mean, the thing was before. I mean, um, Danny Welbeck was on, was on, was gone to Brighton. I mean, maybe we should have picked Danny Welbeck up. He could have done a better job than Origi. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I'll sound like a biased United. I honestly think he would. I think if you kept, I, I, I fit, I'd rather have a fit Danny Welbeck than Danny Welbeck. <laughs> I'm so surprised. That's a serious the question. Who would you rather have, Minamino or Danny Welbeck, Cheezer? I'd rather have Minamino. Interesting. I mean, I'm a Danny Welbeck fan. We'll put that opinion down with the with the left back one. <laughs> I don't. I don't dislike. I mean, I don't dislike Minamino. I mean, he's. he's I mean, he's not. He, he isn't. Clearly, isn't the same player that played for Salzburg. But I don't know. It's going to take him a little bit longer to adjust. Whether yeah, it works or not, I don't know. Who knows? I'm only joking. We'll see. He might score the. He might score the. He might score the. Well, Salah and Mane and Firmino don't score against United, so we'll have to wait and see who does score against United this year. No, it'll be Uruguayan Cavani. Now we've got Uruguayan again. He'll channel channel Diego. Pops <laughs> 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 on in front of the crowd, running around, not able to get his top back on. I mean, Cavani fits as well. You can replace Cavani with Diego. It fits nice yeah. as well. The song. <laughs> You don't have to add syllables or check anything. It's not what it's meant I, to be. I think I'm going to go back to absolutely hating that game. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that suddenly the tide, the, the, the tide's starting to turn. Diego, <laughs> he comes from Uruguay. He, he made the scouts cry. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice way to end, isn't it, Cheezer? No, not really. <laughs> I just, I just thought we win at the weekend. Now I'd be very upset. Yeah, big game for United, United Arsenal. Be interesting, won't it? I mean, I'm, I'm quite confident now. I think we're going to win. We've got many systems to choose from. Well, Arsenal, Arsenal have done another great deal, haven't they? They've, they've clearly persuaded Aubameyang to stay. He's not scored, has he? I think he's scored on the opening day, and that's it. I think he's at point five. He's, he's expected goals has been point five of a percent or something like. That. He's not even expected to score a goal this year. So, hopefully he breaks his luck at the weekend, but we'll wait and see. I mean, just a quick... Arteta's got a worse record than um, Emery did after the same amount of games. From last year? Yeah. Well, they've, they've, I mean, the one thing that Arsenal had against... No, had no, I mean, them... I mean over 38 gets so... Oh, has he? Yeah, got a worse record. Well, but he, did, he has got a couple, he has got a couple though, hasn't he? Did Emery, oh, did Emery get a couple though as well? No, I don't think so. Yeah, well, there you go. The one thing Arsenal had last year when they didn't lose, they drew, they drew games, and this year they've not. They've either won or lost, and that's. Mm. So, anyway, I know you've got to get to football, so um, uh, I shall see you in a week. Yeah. Cheers, fellas. Goodbye. Bye. See you later. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.